Hi people, welcome to another intellectual-like feast from South Mims U, the university you can trust to take your mind to places and subjects you never expected to visit. Or that they even existed. A bit like some strange pill you get at a festival or uh, and you just like take it and go wherever it takes you. Right, in this legal eagle ep, we're talking a, about a part of the law which could only exist in the digital age. The usage and meaning of the emoji. Yes, those cute little pictures we pop into text messages and emails to liven up our daily discourse. Who would have thought that dusty old lawyers would even bother with them? But weirdly, it turns out that there are growing teams, even whole departments, which are focused on those emojis. And our own eminent lecturer in legal studies here at South Mims U is one of them. Um, I better read this part out. He's Mr. Terence Prohl, LLBQC. And he's fast becoming a leading expert. That's what it says. Sounds cool, Terry. Terence? Yeah, Terence, sorry. Legal, legal emoji man, like. <laughs> well, I wouldn't quite call myself that. It is, as you say, an emerging speciality in the legal profession, especially as emoji becomes ubiquitous and is actually turning into a meta-language in its own right. A meta-language. That sounds like, uh, that sounds a bit creepy. Oh, it, it isn't creepy. Yeah, yeah, okay, if you say so. Uh, now, before we get to the subject, like... I'd like to get straight to the subject, if you don't mind. I have to get to court in St Albans in 90 minutes. Oh, what, is it a murder trial? That'd be cool. No, it's to defend the Dean against a vagrancy charge. Yeah? What happened? I'm not at liberty to discuss it. I'd like to talk about emojis. They are a particular interest of mine, both historically and legally. But, but did the Dean get drunk again and like run through naked through the graveyard like he did? Wasn't he done for indecent exposure that time? Please, let's not discuss anything that's subjudice. Subjudice? Judice. Under juridical consideration. And therefore... Prohibited from public discussion. Yeah, OK, right. I like those big words lawyers use. <laughs> it's two words, and both are very short. Now, as well as dealing with the usage of emojis in court, I have a particular interest in how they become popular. Do you wear a wig in court? Sometimes. One of those funny white ones. They are not funny. They are traditional. Yeah, yeah. Do you have one in your bag? I do. Can I try it? No, you cannot. Are you interested in emojis and the law or not? Yeah, right. No, no, definitely. Definitely. So uh, you're interested in the history of, like, uh, emojis? Yeah. I am. And we are trying to get a new emoji accepted by the Unicode Consortium. The, the Uni what? The Unicode Consortium. It's the body which decides which new emojis can be authorised for use on all digital devices. So like, so there's this like group of people who spend their whole time looking at new emojis? Oh yes. There has to be some uniformity when it comes to an emoji. Why? I mean, it's sad face, smiley face, bored face, crying face, cat, dog, pizza, snoozing and aubergine. <laughs> you know what that means, don't you? I do. Let me explain. 
If you send me some bad news... Like, like what? Any kind of bad news. Your cat died. Okay, my cat died. That's cut me up, man. Yes, that's my point. So you text me saying, I'm really sorry to hear that. I'd like, I'd like to, uh, you know, crying bucket faces, uh, all in a line. That's my point. What if on the bereaved person's phone, those crying faces came out as smiley faces or laughing faces? Then that person would be mortified. They'd think you were heartless and that you were making fun of their grief. But that doesn't happen, does it? I mean... It used to happen, and it can still happen. Each brand of phone, each platform, as we like to call it, has uh, different ways of coding images, so it can lead to a lot of misunderstandings and even conflicts. That's happened in the past, so the Unicode Consortium sets a template for the design and, allowing for slight variations, tries to make sure that the emoji you, you intend to send gets received by the recipient. It communicates your intended message. That makes sense. Uh, so, so, so you, but you want to invent like a, a new emoji? Yes, I would like. For what? For futility. Futility? Yes. I find that when I want to say something that seems futile, there's no emoji which quite captures that feeling. I don't get it. Look. Emojis are about feelings and gestures. Gestures? Your words don't communicate what you feel. Do you know it's estimated that only 7% of communication depends on words? Uh, I always thought words were overrated. Like, you know, I mean, which makes me not feel so bad about failing my English GCSE. You know. mm, quite. What I'm trying to say is that your tone, your facial expressions, eye contact hand gestures, even how your body moves as you speak, communicate what you're really saying, what you really mean. Oh, sweet. Now, emojis evolved to add that tone and sense of gesture to a communication. Like when, when I send a text saying, nice day, but it's cold and rainy, so I put a sad face or a wink face. Yes, the emoji adds tone to the text, a sarcastic tone, Friendly sarcasm or actual sarcasm? Friendly sarcasm. I like that. Yes. Let, let, let me give you an example. There was a defence lawyer who sent a message to a prosecutor before a trial with the words, Yes, my client is guilty. Smiley face, wink face. That doesn't sound good. But the emoji shows that the lawyer is joking. He's being sarcastic. When the text was entered into evidence, the jury understood that. Though uh, the, the judge had to have a lesson in just what emojis were. Cool. So, you understand what emojis do? Yes, like, uh, I knew it, but, but I couldn't, like, you know, say it the way you say it, which sounds really clever. <laughs> well, there's, there's a legal scholar called Eric Goldman who wrote the definitive paper on this subject. And he's also tracked the rise in the frequency with which emojis have become part of a court case. And he shows that... In the 10 years to 2016, that rate increased tenfold. So, like, all these people in wigs are, like, arguing over what people meant by their emojis. In some cases, yes. You see, the law is all about intent. It's about how people interpret your intent, either verbally or in a written document. Now, Goldman cites a case from Israel where a landlord offered a flat to a young couple, and that couple texted back, and I, I'm paraphrasing here, that's great, smiley face, champagne bottle, 
Dancing lady. Dancing lady? Think about it. What message would you infer from those emojis? Mm, that they were really happy uh, to have got the flat and want to celebrate. Exactly. So, the landlord took the flat off the market, but after two weeks, he'd heard nothing from the potential tenants. He got in contact and they'd rented somewhere else. He took them to court to claim loss of earnings. The court concluded that the text did not represent a binding contract, but the emojis did show positive intent. So he awarded damages in favour of the landlord. Uh, well, you lost me a bit there, but I think that makes sense. That does, yeah. So you see the power of the emoji is such that it must be taken seriously in a court of law. Yeah, but your emoji, the futile one... The one which can depict something that is futile. Yes. Yeah, what, what, what is that? What is it for, really? Well, you mean, when might I use it? Yeah, yeah, that. Uh, when, for instance, I'm about to enter a line of traffic on the M25, and I know that the journey I'm making won't yield the result I want, so I text my colleagues something like, on the way to Hemel Hempstead, futility emoji. <laughs> you should use it every time you go to Hemel. <laughs> uh, OK, but, but you see the point. I, I do, I do. Uh, what would this emoji be, though? I, I can't think of what futility looks like. Well, this is where it gets interesting. Well, hit me. The emoji is not as new as you think it is. It evolved out of the emoticon, which is when you use an ordinary keyboard to depict, for instance, a smiling face, i.e. colon and right bracket. Colon, right bracket? Y using a keyboard, yes. I never do that. It's old-fashioned, I know, but people my age still do it. It's when you're on a computer and you're using a QWERTY keyboard. There are no emoji keys. I use my phone for everything. Yes, but if you were using a keyboard, then you'd do colon, right bracket for happy, semicolon, right bracket for winky face, and colon, left bracket for sad face. They're emoticons. OK, OK, so emo emoticon became like emo emoji. Ah, well, not quite. Emoticon is based on emotion, yes. But emoji comes from the Japanese e, which means picture, and moji, which means character. Japanese, right, cool. So, you see, emoticon to emoji. That's the recent history of using images to add tone or communicate a deeper meaning to a set of words. But it goes back much further. Well, like decades, right? To, like, before computers. Like decades, yes. Like centuries. Cool. Now, in the British Library, there are illuminated manuscripts which have marginalia. Wait, hold on, hold on. Sounds like, you know, like marginalia. That sounds rude. No. It means pictures or notes made in the margin of a book. Oh, is that all? It is. Well, explain illuminated. That's not like, you know, lights and stuff, is it? No, like... no, 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 no. They're, they're, they're ornate and very beautiful drawings to illustrate the words on a page or the first letter of a chapter that's designed to be prominent. You, you must have seen some. Oh, no, I get you. Yeah, yeah, like ancient Bibles and shit. Mm, yes, like ancient Bibles and shit. So they had emojis? In a way, yes. People, you see, have always added drawings or designs to depict something about the text, or indeed to boost a meaning of a text. 
or to be sarcastic about the text. You see faces and crude drawings, but you also see some very detailed ones. Right, hey, I know, they're like proto-emojis. In a way, yes, that's, that's very clever. Proto, I learned about that in sociology. Very well done. Now, there's a specific image which caught my attention in a blog by an expert in Renaissance literature from Stanford, Melissa Moore. Now, she picked out uh, the knight fighting a giant snail. A knight doing what? Fighting a giant snail. I mean, wow, that's, oh, that's awesome. That's like Game of Thrones before Game of Thrones. Yeah, that really is awesome. Well, the context of this medieval um, proto-emoji uh, was talking about Moses triumphing over the Pharaoh's forces. You know, the, the parting of the Red Sea and all that. Yeah, 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 like Charlton Heston. Was it Russell Crowe? Yeah. Anyway, so as Moore says, you can see why there's a knight, but why the snail? She thinks it's a sense of the absurd. The scribe is having fun. OK, OK, so maybe that's a, a good emoji for when you're feeling absurd. Well, for me, it's about futility. You might be in command of your world, but eventually some small thing will come along and overturn your life, and you'll just have to keep fighting the absurd. OK. Uh, well, I suppose that makes sense. I've had the knight and snail designed up by our graphics people in the art department, and we've sent it to Unicode. We'll see what happens. Well, I, I hope you get it, I, I, but I, I don't know. You're not convinced? Well, absurdity, futility, do we really need emojis for those kind of things? In this day and age, definitely. I guess, I guess you're right. Okay, um... So, okay, okay. So in your legal department, you're really specialising in, like, emoji law? We are. Uh, my, my firm is beginning to get international recognition for it. Your firm? Yes. Uh, South Mims, you outsourced the legal studies department to my firm. I run it with my colleague, Colette Leteria. So you're Leteria Pro? The other way around. Pro Leteria uh, isn't that like uh, something like Marxist or something? No, it is not. It merely sounds a little like the word proletariat. Sounds a lot like it. It does not, if you say it right. Pro, pause, leteria. If you say so. OK. I, I do say so. Uh, now, now we're, we're currently working on a homicide case in which we're arguing that a series of sexually provocative emojis led to... In the first instance, a sexual assault, and later, murder. Cool! Sounds like a movie with Denzel Washington. Well, in fact, we have been contacted by a Hollywood studio asking for the right to shadow the case for use as the basis of a future film. Amazing. Did he do it? No, she didn't, if you're referring to the case. Uh, it is our contention that the emojis prove malicious intent on behalf of her attacker. That's what led to her defending herself, which in turn led to the, to the death of the attacker. So the emojis were like... Uh... Uh, they were in the text used after a date, which, which did not go well. I, I can't go into details now. I get it. Is there a lawyer emoji? Not specifically, but there is a judge emoji. Cool. Female and male versions. Are they wearing wigs? No, they're, they're American emojis. Bummer. OK, thanks, Dr. Uh, 
Your Honor, I mean, Sir Pro. Uh, just, just, just call me Terence. Terence, Terence. It's, it's been real. Well, people, that's the end of this episode of the South Mims U podcast. Remember, there's lots more amazing mind candy available right here from Hartfitch's hub of hubba-bubba-dubba thinkers. Keep it real. Laters. Thank <laughs> you.